Welcome everyone to Burgess Power Hour and tonight's call or today's call if you're calling in from around the other side of the planet uh, is telling your truth with compassion, the essence of communication. So I'm excited about telling this and talking and sharing this with you because we've had a lot of um, uh, Gemini is June is communication month, so I figured this would be a great month to talk about communication and seeing as how I'm a Gemini and I just had my birthday laying down in bed with uh, having surgery, but I'm better now. So I just welcome all of you on the call from all around the world. I'm glad you're with me and here. And like I said, I'm going to leave the... Um, Lines open, so if you have background noise, please hit star six so you can mute yourself, and when you want to talk, you can hit star six again, because I'd rather not just mute everybody out, because again, this is open lines of communication, and Gemini is all about communication, and I am ready to talk about it with about telling your truth with compassion. So I'm going to go through a lot of different things tonight. Feel free to ask questions at the end of the call, or you can even share things as it comes up. Uh, feel, we want it to be interactive as much as you'd like it to be. So without any further ado, unless anybody else has something they want to say before we start, speak now. Or forever hold your peace. No, I'm kidding. Okay. So how many of you feel like you speak your truth just just you don't have to answer me just ask yourself that and how many of you want to improve on your communication and speaking up or speaking with compassion is it easy to do that or do you have what i call foot and mouth disease so a lot of times I have communication with people and they put their foot in their mouth before they even know about it. So maybe you were reprimanded as a child or maybe in business situations you weren't listened to or maybe in the home you're not listened to. And some of you some of you may be scared of your own voice. Or maybe you were told to shut up when you were little. Maybe you were told you don't matter, or maybe somehow you started believing that, that you don't have a voice. So some of you may feel like you have to overcompensate by overpowering others. So those of you who do not know me, I'm Burge Smith-Lyons, and I've created the Essence Series, the Essence of Being, all the different graduate levels and all the different workshops and programs and classes that I do all around the world, I've been doing this in this realm for about 22 years. I've been involved in personal development for 35 years, and I've created this bubble talk technology that once you come to any of the weekends that we're doing anywhere around the world, you'll understand what that is. So just let me give you an idea of how this is going to work. I'm going to give you four steps. So if any of these scenarios seem familiar to you, okay, that I mentioned, whether or not maybe you were reprimanded, maybe you weren't listened to, maybe you're afraid of your own voice, or maybe you just overcompensate by yelling all the time or overpowering others so you can be heard. If any of these scenarios seem familiar, you may want to take some notes. And listen up 
so that you can learn how to speak up and speak up with compassion. That's the key. So here are the four steps, okay? There are four steps to effective communication. So the first step is you have to be present. You have to be present to win, okay? The point of power to make a change is in the present. So if you're not present with a person, you cannot actively listen. So being present and actively listening is the first step. You have to really hear what the other person is saying. So there are a lot of different kinds of blocks to listening, and I love these different ones. One of them is a lot of times you might be in a relationship or you might be uh, talking with someone in business or just your friends, and you're checking out. Here's, this is not being present. You check out somewhere. You're daydreaming. I mean, how many of you think about other things that someone's talking to you? I mean, how many of you are thinking about other things right now? You know, <laughs> That means you're not being present. You're not being present and actively listening to another person. You might be wondering, wow, did I leave the coffee pot on? Or what time is dinner? Or, you know, what what's on TV today? Or I wonder what my boyfriend or girlfriend's doing right now. That means that you're somewhere else, okay? You're not really being present and listening to that other person. So it's very difficult to have effective communication speaking up and telling the truth if you're not present. Some of you may rehearse what you're going to say. That's another block to listening and being present. You may rehearse. So what are you going to say even before they finish their sentence? People do this all the time in sales. If you're in sales, they teach you how to overcome objections. So even though you're sitting there listening to the person, you're waiting on an objection for them to say, and then you've rehearsed what you're going to say. So in that respect, you're not really hearing what they are saying at that moment. You could be totally missing what they really mean. Or maybe in a relationship, a friend or your spouse or partner or someone, you may say to yourself, hey, I know what they're going to say, so hurry up and say it because I've heard this a million times before. So go ahead and say it so I can say what I want to say because I know what you're going to say. So you've already gone through the entire conversation in your head. You've rehearsed it, and you're not listening. So you are rehearsing your communication. Or another way to block it is judging. You judge people. You tune them out. Okay? You may be judging them. You may be judging me. You may judge what other someone's saying to you, like, what do they know? I know more than they do. And judging it can be very, very scary sometimes because negative labels can have enormous power. So if, you, if you're prejudiced with someone saying that they're stupid or they're nuts or unqualified, you don't pay much attention to what they say. You've already written them off. So... A basic rule of listening is that judgment should only be made after you've heard and evaluated the content of the message. So if you've already judged the person you're standing in front of or talking with and having a communication with, then it's blocking you from really being present listening to what they have to say. Another way that we do it is we compare. 
so a way to block listening and being in present is you compare. It makes it, it makes it hard to listen because you're always trying to assess who is smarter, more competent, more emotionally healthy, you or the other person. Some people focus on who suffered more, who's the bigger victim. For instance, let me give you an example. Like somebody might be talking and you think to yourself, could I do that well? I don't know if I can do that well. I've had it harder. He doesn't know what hard is. Or maybe I even heard it more than him. And my kids are much smarter than that. It goes on and on and on when you start comparing yourself to what a person's saying. You start bringing things up because you're, you're, you're not listening to what they're having to say because you're too busy seeing if you measure up to what they have to say. Another way that we block listening and not being present in communication is mind reading. So the mind reader doesn't pay much attention to what people say. Okay, In fact, he or she yes, distrusts it. So he or she's trying to figure out what the other person is really thinking and feeling. So you might be saying to yourself uh, something like this. She says she wants to go to the show, but I bet she's tired and wants to relax. She might be resentful if I push her when she doesn't want to go. So the mind reader pays less attention to the words than to the in, the intonations and the subtle cues in an effort to see through to the truth. So if you know that you're a mind reader, you probably make assumptions about how people react to you. I bet he's looking at my red blotchy skin. Or you might be saying, she thinks I'm stupid. Or he's turned off by my shyness. Okay, These notions are born of intuition and hunches and vague misgivings but have little to do with what the person actually says to you. So just be mindful. I'm giving you a lot of different ways that you block or could block listening, actively listening and being present. Because remember, this is the first step of having effective communication and telling your truth with compassion is you have to be present and you have to actively listen to another person. Another thing that we do is we filter to stop or block our listening. So when when you filter, you listen to some things and not to others. You pay only enough attention to see if somebody's angry or unhappy or if you're if you are in an emotional danger once assured that the communication contains none of those things you let your mind wander so let me give you an example here there might be someone listening a woman might just listen just enough to her son to learn whether he's fighting again at school so relieved to hear he isn't she begins thinking about her shopping list okay or here's another example. It's, you might a young man quickly ascertains what kind of mood his girlfriend's in. So if she has no issues and she seems happy as she's describing her day to him, his thoughts begin wandering away from her. So another way people filter is simply avoid hearing certain things, particularly anything that's threatening or negative or critical or unpleasant. It's as if the words were never said and you simply have no memory of them. So your brain filters all of that out. So again, you're not being present and actively listening. Another way that we do that is 
identifying. Think about if you do this when you're talking to a friend. You take everything a person tells you and refer it back to your own experience. For instance, they want to tell you, say, about a toothache. But that reminds you of the time you had oral surgery for gums or something, and you launch into your story before they can even finish theirs. Everything you hear reminds you of something that you felt or done or suffered. And so you're so busy with exciting talks and tales of your own life, there's no time to really hear or get to know the other person. And a lot of us do that. We identify or compare. We also oftentimes may advise because a lot of people that I know in my field that I work in with helping people, obviously, uh, you know, we're all problem solvers, right? We really want to help So we want to give them all this help and suggestion and give them advice. So you don't even have to hear more than a few sentences before you begin searching for the right advice. So while you're cooking up suggestions and convincing someone just to try it, you may miss what's really important and what they're saying. You didn't hear the feelings, and you didn't acknowledge the person's pain. So he or she feels basically alone because you couldn't listen or just be there. Now, a thing that a lot of couples do or people that are have been, if they know each other really well, they start arguing and debating, and spar, called sparring. So the other person never feels heard because you're so quick to disagree. In fact, a lot of your focus is on finding things to disagree with. So think about this in your relationships, people you know. Are you one of the ones that is always trying to find things to disagree with, or are you on the other end of that? So some people you take strong stands or very clear about their beliefs and their preferences. So one way to avoid all of this, to avoid the sparring and the arguing, is to repeat back and acknowledge what you've heard. Look for things that you might agree with. So I'm going to give you another tool here in a minute to use if you find yourself arguing a lot with people. But another type of sparring is the put-down. You or somebody has had sarcastic remarks to dismiss the other person's point of view. For See if this sounds familiar to any of you, okay? So let's say that uh, this woman starts telling her husband about her problems and about some kind of class she's in, she's taking, and the man says, well, when are you going to have brains enough to drop that class? I mean, that's, that is a put-down. And so it stops the communication flow because they're not even hearing what's really going on with that person. Or let's just or maybe uh when a man is feeling overwhelmed with the noise from the T V he shouts out to, you know, his wife or girlfriend and says, Oh God, not the T V routine again So in other words, they put each other down. It's a standard block to listening in many marriages. Okay, It quickly pushes the communication into a stereotype pattern where each person repeats a familiar, hostile communication. 
So one of the tools I want to give you tonight about just to help you with that particular block to listening and telling your truth with compassion is to use a pattern interrupt. And what I mean by that is and I, I counsel couples all the time uh, and give them this technique, and it really works if you use it, okay? And it doesn't have to be just couples. It can be just somebody that you know that you end up sparring with a lot, okay? Is you do a pattern interrupt. So you both come up with a word that makes you laugh or a phrase, like supercalifragilistic or something, or you know, just something that you can come up with that's just out of the ordinary, crazy, funny, something that makes you laugh. So... When you find yourself in that middle of uh, having an argument or not being able to tell your truth or feeling overwhelmed or maybe you're the one that's overpowering someone, just say the word or have that other person say the word. Whatever the word is, whatever you guys decide is the word that you're going to use for the pattern interrupt. And then you say the word, and that means... Everybody stops. No more talking. So at that point, it stops the pattern. And then what you do is you go to your corners and you breathe ten times. In through your nose and out through your mouth. You breathe in and out ten times. And then you come back together and then you do what I what we call what I feel like saying. And what that means is, it's an, is, it, is a, it is a technique that you can use to actively share your truth and actively listen to the other person. No. No. And if, no. You, have, if you have background Apple. noise, could you hit star six, please? If you're talking in the background, could you please hit star six so that mutes you? Thank you. So what will happen is, the person who called the word and says, Staglepuss, or whatever the pattern interrupt is, whatever that is, you uh, start and you say, what I feel like saying is, and you say whatever it is you want to say. Now, the other person cannot speak, cannot give you any advice, can't talk back, blah, blah, blah. They All they can do is listen. Then, when you're finished saying what you feel like saying, you say, I'm complete for now. And then it's the other person's turn. And they say, well, what I feel like saying is, and then you're quiet, you listen, you don't have a conversation, you don't give advice, you don't have any kind of response, you just listen. Until that person says, I'm complete for now. So it gives you a way to really hear each other, especially if you find yourself always in the middle of some kind of feeling not heard, okay, or having a lot of arguments. So that is a great tool to use, a pattern interrupt. Think of a word. Whenever you feel like it's getting to that point where you're not being heard, you just say the word. Everybody stops. Go to your corners. Breathe ten times come back together, and do what I feel like saying is. And you can do this on the phone, too. It doesn't have to be necessarily face-to-face. And that will help with you being present and being actively listening to that other person. Another block 
that can happen to listening and to being present is is being right. People want to be right. So being right means you'll go to any length. You'll twist the facts or start shouting or make excuses or accusation or call up, that's one of my favorites, call up past sins, you know. Well, 20 years ago, you did this and that to avoid being wrong. So if you're one of those people that you can't listen to any kind of constructive criticism or you can't be corrected and you can't take suggestions to change and your convictions are unshakable, you might have a blocked listening to another person because you have a need to be right. And since you won't acknowledge that you're making mistakes or mistakes, you just keep making them. And I've got two more, two more blocks. Another block that people do is they, we call it derailing. And this is how this goes. The listening block is accomplished by suddenly changing the subject, okay? You derail the train of conversation when you get bored or uncomfortable with a topic by joking it off. You know those kind of people. They make jokes about everything. So this means that you continually respond to whatever is said with a joke or or quip in order to avoid the discomfort or anxiety in seriously listening to the other person. So it, it is a real big block to listening being present if you are constantly joking off things and not really listening. And the last one I'm going to say is it's called placating is another way where you placate. Right, right, absolutely, yeah, I know, yeah, of course, uh-huh, yeah, right, yeah, right, really, yes, uh-huh, wow. You want to be nice and you want to be pleasant and supportive and you want people to like you so you agree with everything. You may be half listening, just enough to get the drift, but you're not really engaged or involved. So those are some of the ways that people block listening or being present. And again, that is the first step in effective communication of telling your truth with compassion is you have to be present. So all of these examples I gave you are not how to, they're examples of not. And you have to be present with their tone, their body language, or their intention. So here's my little, uh, I'm going to go off a minute. Did you know that 7% of communication are the words? 38% of communication is the tone in which you say it? And 55% is the body language. That's why so many times when you email or text, you lose the most important segment of communication. 93% of your communication is lost when you text or email, Facebook, any of that. And that's where a lot of misinterpretation follows. Remember, your tone is 38%. That's why it really bugs me that so many of us spend most of our communication with only 7% here. <laughs> so if you can't be there in person, which is, the fifth, which is the best way because you get body language, at least be on the phone so you can get some tone 
of how you're speaking. Or Skype is, you know, the next best thing, that kind of thing, I suppose, because you get to see the person, hear their tone. So, again, first step, be present, actively listen. The second step of telling your truth with compassion and having effective communication is you have to learn how to take responsibility. Take responsibility for your thoughts, your actions, and your beliefs. Those of you who have done my classes or any of my programs, I drill this into us over and over again about taking responsibility because when you blame somebody, when you blame somebody else for your circumstance, you're giving your power away to them. And you cannot make a change from the victim perspective. It's done all the time where we want to blame others or make excuses for our mistakes. So if we're not blaming others or making excuses, we're also could be blaming ourselves and coming from our own judgment. And then again, we come from a place of a victim and giving our power away that we're powerless, that we have no recourse. And so when you feel not heard and both parties need to feel heard in order for effective communication to take place, If you're blaming each other, nothing really changes. You're not really feeling hurt, and you're definitely not taking responsibility. And what I mean by that, again, you take responsibility for your thoughts, your words, your actions, and your beliefs. So I drill that into all of our programs at Essence of Being and all the different programs that I do all the Essence series and the graduate level about take responsibility because that is a powerful position to make a change in. Now the third step is to create synergy. So how do we do that? How do you create synergy? Well, synergy is is the definition is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So let me explain this. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Everybody has a voice. Everyone has opinions about things. So when you get into an argument, listen actively and then tell your truth with compassion and the odds of both of you coming to a resolution will be greater if you both feel heard. So look at things from both perspectives. A difference of opinion is natural. It's expected. So do not change your mind simply to avoid conflict. I know a lot of people who do that. It's not about winning or losing an argument. It's about seeking harmony and resolution. So you have to be willing to trust yourself and others in order to have some type of cooperation so that you can create synergy within your relationships to resolve conflict. Let me give you some ideas on how to do that and some words to use. So you want to always, if if you're in a conflict, if you have some kind of conflict where you're afraid to speak up, 
okay, or maybe you don't know how to say it with compassion. You want to look at whatever the conflict is, and you don't want to attack the person. You attack the problem, okay? Attack the problem, not the person or the people. And express your feelings and needs in a non-blaming way. If you say to another person, you make me feel, you're, you're basically saying they have power over you and they're making you feel a certain way. So a better way to have a conversation with someone and tell your truth is you use these words, I feel, I think. So, of course, you always want to use I words. Express your feelings and your needs in a non-blaming way. Take ownership for your part of the problem. There's always two sides to everything. Even though you think you're 100% not to blame, you don't want to look for the blame, remember? You don't want to look to be right. You want to look for resolution. So take ownership for whatever part you play in the miscommunication. Look for that. And remember to use I words. Listen and seek to understand the other person's point of view. This is where the compassion piece comes in. So maybe you are maybe you do know how to tell your truth and speak up and tell what tell people what you feel and think, but maybe you don't know how to do it compassionately. Well, this is the way you do it. You have to seek to understand the other person's point of view before even giving or defending your own. So avoid arguing just for your own rankings so you're right. You can present your position as logically or lucidly as you like, but listen to the other members or the other person's reactions and consider them carefully before you press your point. Do not assume that someone must win and someone must lose because it can you can get into a stalemate that way. Look for the next most acceptable alternative for everybody concerned. You want to look for the win-win in a communication to tell your truth. Look for the win-win. So don't change your minds, again, simply to avoid conflict. I know a lot of people who do that. They want, they want to reach agreement and harmony, so they just change their mind and just acquiesce and give in. And then again, what happens? They build up all this resentment about that. If you, don't, if you acquiesce all the time and give in, and it's something you really don't want to do, it's going to build up a lot of resentment, a lot of pain, and definitely not being heard. And then one day you explode because it's just too much. Or you run away. So remember, differences of opinion are natural and expected. Seek them out and try to involve everybody in any kind of decision process. So I know that a lot of couples will do this or people that know each other really well. They'll they'll say, well, I'll give in now, but you owe me. Don't feel that you got you have to be rewarded by having giving in to someone else and say, well, later on you're going to give in to mine. 
be very, very clear about how you're creating your truth, that your truth is your truth. And it's not about, well, I'll just give in now and you owe me because it's going to set, again, it's going to set you up for resentment and for disappointment. I hope a lot of this is making sense to any of you out there. And like I said, you can interrupt any time if you want. You hit star six if you have a question or you have a scenario you want to go through. So look, this is an, this is one of the biggest ways to create synergy, okay, is to look for the need behind the stated position, okay? And um, what that means is you go behind what the words are. You go to the meaning. For instance, if you try to defend yourself when somebody's uh, upset with you and you're trying to defend yourself saying, but I didn't do that or it's, uh, it's your fault or what you end up doing is you dig a deeper hole. It never really works out. Because understand that core to all human beings is the need to be heard and acknowledged. So you have to diffuse a person if they're really upset first and go behind what they're saying. Go to the emotion. And how you do that is you say, I can only imagine how that feels. Or you can say, I really know how that feels. I've been there before. Or maybe you even say, I can't even imagine what you're going through right now. So what that does is it disarms or discharges the person. So you must really be upset about something. I really hear that you're upset. Instead of trying to defend yourself, just get what they're saying first. Because no matter what you say, if they're, if someone's upset with you, they're not going to hear what you have to say. You have to first disarm them. So a way to do that is to use those words I said. I can only imagine how you feel. I bet you must feel like, or I understand that you might feel that way. Or I can't even imagine that why you're so upset. Please tell me more. So you acknowledge their feeling. You acknowledge the emotion behind the words. And that is empathy, which creates a cycle of compassion. So another way to help create synergy is don't rush in and solve people's problems. You know, take time out just to listen. And one really great thing to do is focus on what can be done, not what can't be done. So many of us focus on what's not working or why it's not going to work or how we're not going to be able to tell our truth because we're afraid it's not going to work. 
or that we're going to be cut down or we're going to be reprimanded or we're not going to be heard or we're going to be judged. So focus on what can be done when you're speaking your truth. Solve the problem. Solve the problem. Don't attack the person. That builds relationships in business, in life, in relation to any kind of friends, family, love. So remember to always look for resolution, not that you're trying to be right all the time, okay? And that's gonna it'll it will serve you so much better, in my opinion. And of course, all this is my opinion. However, I've seen it work time and time again over the 35, 36 years I've been doing this. So that's the third step, creating the synergy. The fourth step, the fourth and last step of telling your truth with compassion and having effective communication is, and I teach this in my classes all the time, uh, if you learn nothing else, learn these five words. For me, the truth is. For me, the truth is. So nobody can argue that. Nobody can argue that that's point, that that's your truth. If you find yourself in an argument and you're afraid to speak up and you naturally back down, or if you naturally overpower somebody, stop and say, okay, for me, the truth is, This will allow you to speak your truth with compassion and let go of any defensiveness you might have. And it also disarms the person that you're talking with because they cannot say to you, now they can disagree, okay, with what you're saying, but they cannot say that's not your truth because your truth is your truth. They really have nowhere to argue with that. So this telling your truth, you know, moving through the fear of speaking up and saying what you feel and saying what's real for you, it it really does just stem from fear if you're afraid to speak up. And again, I think most people are afraid, if they are afraid to speak up and tell their truth, they're afraid of being hurt or reprimanded or judged. Because, again, this stems all the way back when we were very little. We learn these things at a young age. Either we don't feel important, we don't matter, or we were told to shut up, or that we've made too many mistakes and we're afraid to make a mistake so we don't open our mouth. And see, you're doing the world a disservice if you are afraid to speak up and tell your truth because you have something to say. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has a song to sing. And you do the world a disservice if you do not speak up. That means your song has not been sung. And one way to do this is to have this cycle of compassion is what my friend Melody Brooke talks about. And she she and I taught Essence of Relationships together. And she talks about the cycle of compassion. 
that in order for you to have empathy toward someone, which remember empathy is understanding or uh, knowing or comprehending another's feelings, in order for you to have empathy for someone, there has to be love there, love for you. And through that love, you can gain respect. So somewhere in there, there's respect, love, and empathy. It all comes together. If you don't respect yourself enough, then you're not going to speak up. If you don't respect another person, then you're not going to have empathy for them. And the way to bridge that is through feeling love. Love for you, love for the other person. And in order for you to feel empathy, you have to be able to trust that you can take ownership for your part. So when you're having a communication issue, take ownership. Take ownership for your part of it and trust that you're doing the best you can. Trust that they're doing the best they can. Everyone wants to do well. I mean, 97% of the time, everybody wants to do well. They're doing the best they can. So in order for you to have empathy for someone, you have to trust that that is really the core. They really, really want to do well. They don't want to be a screw-up. They really don't. Just like you really don't want to be a screw-up. So take ownership of your own language and how you speak and what you're feeling. And in order to do that, take pride in yourself and respect yourself. That you have something to say. But if you're one of those people who overwhelmingly, you know, you overbear people, in other words, you, you, maybe you, like I said, overcompensate. Because you're so afraid that you're going to make a mistake, you just overcompensate and you just don't care what other people think or feel. That's going to be a very, very lonely, in my opinion, a lonely life. You're not going to have a lot of uh, deep connections with people. That will keep you separate. And for you to be able to allow yourself to empathize, you just, again, it's just putting yourself in their position that they really do, really want to do well. They really do. And in the center of all of this, that cycle of compassion is joy. It's having joy in your heart. Joy for yourself, joy for others. Being joyful. Does this make sense to everyone, I hope? And does anybody have anything they want to share? You can star six and unmute yourself. Berg, this is Tina Smith in Melbourne. Hi, Tina Melbourne. Hi. Uh, two things I'd like to address. When you talk about creating synergy from a business aspect, you know, you said you said solve the problem, don't attack the person that helps build the relationship. Can you hear me? Uh huh. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I, isn't that what most people in business are really doing? They're solving a problem for, you know, if you <clears throat> have something that you offer, be it a widget or, you know, say what you do, Berg, you do counseling and you help people get through their roadblocks in life that they have, we're solving a problem. Is that not right? You could look at it like that? Well, I wouldn't put it in that terms as, as far as what, what we do is solve problems or solving a um, that, that It's more of, I don't like to say that people have, uh, that there's something wrong, because what, what tends to happen when you say that is people think there's something wrong with them. So I don't okay. think there's anything wrong with any of us, okay? I think that what we're doing, when I, when I work with people, when we do these workshops, it's more about finding finding strength in who they are and actually, you know, knowing the real truth about themselves and being able to express that. So it's not necessarily, you can call it a challenge. You can say they have blocks and challenges, but there's really nothing wrong. But, yeah, in business you might be finding there might be challenges, but, again, that's good that you want to you want to seek out what what is the issue with that, not personalize it being a person. Okay, all right, that's good. That's that's much better. The other thing I had was about people that constantly talk with you. They don't allow you to get a word in edgewise. What do you say? You know, say what? What? What are you saying? Yeah, exactly. Or they'll just start talking, and you haven't even finished your sentence, and they constantly do that. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that their challenge may be that they were maybe never heard as when they were growing up. How do you not attack them, but I don't want to say diffuse the situation, but how would you handle that situation where you can make them feel comfortable enough that well, this is it depends on it depend there's two things you can do. One thing you can do if you really know the person well enough, okay, or if you feel comfortable and saying, Hey, I'd like to play a game. Can we play a game? I just want to play a little communication game, so I want to do something called what I feel like saying is. So mm-hmm. this will be fun where you can be heard and I can be heard and so I'd like to say something but you mm-hmm. but you can't say anything in return until I say mm-hmm. I'm complete. I just want you to mm-hmm. listen for a minute. Okay. And then it'll be your turn. Then you can say what I feel like saying is, and I promise I will not interrupt you or or try to give you advice or talk talk you know at the same time. So mm-hmm. if, if you know them well enough to say something like that, then then more than likely you're going to say okay, and you make it more of a um, of a game where it's not like hey, shut up and listen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, quit interrupting me because. A lot of times people will talk over you because they are uh, insecure. Okay. Um, And they don't, uh, A, they could have not been heard so that they overcompensate by doing that or they feel insecure. So they feel like they want to say what they have to say. And they're really, it's a one-way communication. So one-way communications don't work very effectively. So, again, if you know the person really well you can just say look i'd like for, i'd like us to have a two way conversation a two way communication i think that's going to be best serving us so let me say what i want to say and let me do a, what i feel like saying is and let's see 
if you can just listen for a minute and then and it'll be your turn. You say whatever you want to say. What if you don't know the person that well? Say again? If, if you, you don't, don't know the well, person, yeah. I bet if you say to them something like, I'd like to play a game. Can we play mm-hmm. a game in communication? I'm, I'm trying out something. So in other words, you depersonalize it. If you really don't know them that well, you don't want to say, hey, you you know, you're really talking too much. Shut up and listen. You know, that's not mm-hmm. going to work. <laughs> so that, that won't get them on your side. <laughs> so you can say, I know you're really excited about what you're saying. That sounds really awesome. But let me say this first, and then, then it will be your turn, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it you sounds can make, it, make light of it, you know, without making it sound like they're doing something wrong. Okay. Because that would just reinforce their insecurity. Right. Exactly. Exactly, and then you, and then you just end up being more frustrated, and you know nothing gets done. So it it really is a two way communication. You have to be able to, and the best way to do that is actively listening, and you have to teach people how to do that because this is not taught in school, this is not taught in business, unless you bring me in to teach it. <laughs> but <laughs> but. It's not normally taught. How do you listen to each other? And so all those blocks that I was sharing with you on the, earlier in the call, we all do that, you know, at different times. So it's just a matter of really having the empathy with the person, and, and they really want to be heard. And you, and you just acknowledge them. I know it sounds like you're really excited, and you really want to tell me these things. It's really awesome. Let me tell you some things too. Now, let's let's do what I feel like saying. It's a kind of a cool game. It's a two-way communication. So I'll say something, and you just listen, and then it'll be your turn. I have one last question, Berg. You mentioned fifty-five uh, percent body language and thirty-eight percent tone. What's the other seven percent? Seven percent. Is seven uh, percent is the writing. Seven percent is uh, the words, the actual words. Okay, written word or something like the that. The word, right? That's okay. The, the actual words are seven percent. Okay, great. Thank you. That's why I say when you text or email, that's it. That's all you got. Seven percent. And everything. That's else good, is- you know, especially in my business. My business with my greeting cards. Oh, right. And trying to get people to understand that texting a thank you is just not enough. If you want to go above and beyond, you need something yeah, more. Especially mm-hmm. these days, yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> Great question, Tina. Thank you. Anybody else have anything they want to share or anything coming up for them about this? And you can hit star six to unmute. I I do. This is Emily here. Hey, Emily. Hey. Um, I am that girl. Sorry? Are you you calling from New Orleans? No, I'm actually in Florida. I will be in New Orleans on Friday. Okay. So I am that girl that overtalks people. 
And I know it drives everybody nuts, and I don't want to do it. I'm, and I'm just sort of speaking on behalf of those of us that do that, um, and I would like to look at it. Um, I feel that I do it because I'm impatient. Um, not that I think I'm this, and there might be some ego attached to it too. I think sometimes I think I know I know better. I know where this conversation is going. Let me just get us there faster. I especially do it in customer service when somebody is trying to help me. Um, I, I get impatient. So um, what would you recommend I do to look at that differently? I'm sorry? I said I do that with customer service too. But that could be, again, that, that's rehearsing, right? That's like moving it along faster and patience. Some people go at different speeds. Uh-huh. They really do. And I, I understand about customer service or, or customer no service at times. You know, right. We, we get impatient with what they're trying to do for us or not, and we'll talk over them because I, I do that as well. But mm-hmm. you just want to look at your habit, you know. If it's something that you're doing with every, you know, more than not, then that's yeah. certainly something to, to look at. And you might be impatient, but what happens is you're, you're, you're not being present when you do it, right? It's, you're going into the future. You're trying to move it along totally. into the future. Mm-hmm. So it, that, and I consider it, myself somebody, it is a big one for me, and, it's, and it's, it's strange because I consider myself somebody who lives so in the present. Um, so that's interesting that when I'm communicating, I don't have that same value that I, and it's what I, as you know, that's what I do for a living. I do communication. So, and I do it with clients too. And usually only the clients that um, maybe, I, don't, I hate to say I don't respect because I respect all my clients, but, but I just think oh, they're not going to get it. Or like if I listen to their whole story, we're going to be here all day and I want to move along the process. So it. it it, it is some. It, it is. It, it is sort of a timetable for me, even though it it may be rude. And I, but I don't want to be rude. And I know that it happens in, in many of my relationships. I've been told many times, and I can feel it. So and that, I'm not that sure what is the, that's that. judging, honey. That's the judging one. When I was talking about mm-hmm. blocks to listening to people, right? You've already written them off, so you're you're judging that. Uh-huh. You already know what they're going to say, or what's best for them, or you, that you're that you're you know you already know they're they're not going to mm-hmm. know what you're talking about, so you might as well just move on. Right. You, take, you know, so you don't pay attention to what they say and just moving it along. And yeah, you know, maybe one way to do that is to take a breath. It's just every time that you're talking to people, just remember to breathe in and out laudably. In other words, you're. As you're talking. <laughs> I literally have to cover my mouth sometimes. I did it yesterday. I literally had to put my hand over my mouth so that I could just shut up for a second and listen. <laughs> Terrible. Well, and yeah, uh, it's judging. You're judging, you judge them or you judge yourself that you're not, you know, that you're not able to um, stop. So, yeah, it's definitely being saying, I want to be, I choose to be present with this person. And remember, your personality uh, is different than other people and the way they communicate, okay? So you're an I, right? You're an, we, we do these yeah. DISC profiles in our classes, yeah. and I think you're an I, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you want things, you, you communicate very fast. And yeah. there are people in the world that don't. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, they're going to miss, 
it'll be misdirection, miscommunication. It will just you will miss each other. And right. just, just acknowledging that other people talk slower and other people process things slower than you do. It's not mm-hmm. right or wrong. That's just how they bring in information and communicate. And mm-hmm. you'll be much more effective. Look at it that way. That you know you can right. be more effective by talking mm-hmm. to people a little bit slower for those of for those people that you know just don't process information quickly. Yeah. I will I'm going to pay a concerted effort in doing that. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Let me know how it works. Well. <laughs> 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 all right, cancel clear because I just had all sorts of like, yeah, that's not gonna work, so I'm canceling clearing that. Right Perfect. So, yeah. Just breathe. Breathe, breathe, pay attention. Breathe, be patient, pay attention. Okay. And just empathize with them. Under, come from their point of view. Having a little more respect for yourself and others will allow you to have more empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that yes, they're ma'am. not as knowledgeable as you are about certain things. Right. Yeah. And that's why mm-hmm. you're they're your client, because <laughs> you're helping. Right. Right? Yes, ma'am. So it's putting them in, putting yourself in their shoes. Perfect. Got it. Yeah. Anybody else want to share anything or have something come up that I can help you with while we're on the call, or want to depart any wisdom or thoughts? By the way, there's power in the silence. Whenever you're in communication with someone, silence is very powerful, especially when you're teaching or sharing something. And just think about it when you first meet somebody and you're in the car together and you're driving and you're you feel like you you have a need, you have to, the silence is uncomfortable. And then as you get to know the person, after a while, the silence becomes more and more comfortable. But it's okay not to talk. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be liked. It becomes more of a familiar thing. So just kind of notice how afraid people are, or you might be, with silence in communication. And it's really effective if you want to make a point. just like I did then. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> so you could I think that's a good it. point too that um there's respect. There's respect in silence. Yes. It is respect. Mhm. Absolutely. It's a great way to put it. Okay. Well, I hope everybody got something out of the call tonight, and I so love doing these, and these will, this will up, be up on Facebook on our Essence of Being fan page, and if you're in any of our groups because you're graduates, you go to any of the group pages, and we'll post it there as well. You can also uh, be, get on our um, get these four free videos and affirmations and downloads and all kinds of cool stuff if you uh, text... Nine six zero zero zero, 
and put in the message Burge. That's me, B as in boy, U-R-G-E, B as in boy, U-R-G-E, Burge, and that will give you a link to download four free videos that you can have. You can always go to essenceofburge.com or eobinternational.com because we're all over the world and check out what we're doing and certainly just as an um, just as an announcement uh, the next power call we're having will be July 15th remember it's the third Wednesday of every month just to give you a little boost in the middle of the month third Wednesday of every month July 15th is the next one and the topic for July will be Give as you go and create a flow. How to create more abundance and wealth. Give as you go and create a flow. And how to create more abundance and wealth. So that will be our topic for July. And just so everyone knows, we have three graduate levels coming up. If you've ever taken Essence of Being, that's our main first class that we offer. If you've taken any of those, our Passionate Manifestation is our second class or graduate level class. Those are coming up July 24th through the 26th in Atlanta, August 7th through the 9th in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or probably Boynton Beach, Florida, closer to Boynton Beach, Fort Lauderdale. And then August 14th through the 16th will be in Toronto, Canada. So those three in a row are the graduate levels we're doing, bam, bam, bam. And the next essence of being that we will be doing will be in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, September 4th through the 6th. And the next one in Atlanta will be October 16th through the 18th. And the next one in Florida will be October 23rd through the 25th. And then we'll be back in Australia, Malaysia, and all of So... Go to our site, essenceofbeing.com. Check us out as far as where we're going to be and when we're going to be doing it. We'd love to have you come play with us and any of our classes that we do. Um, So for now, I'm going to sign off and wish all of you a fabulous, fabulous rest of the month. Until I talk with you again, just go out there and tell your truth with compassion and don't be afraid because you have a voice and you matter, and you're important. So good morning and good night to all. Thank you. Bye, Bert. Have a good Bye. day. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.